Howdy. With me today is Corey Jones, a fellow traveler who is also currently an optometry student. So we'll talk about her time in Utah, her preferred workout routines, and she's not a big movie watcher, but we'll still find something to talk about at the end there. And her audio at times does seem to drop out to where it's very hard to hear. I've tried to fix that where I could, but apologies if you struggle to make out everything she's saying. Enjoy. So what I wanted to talk about first, obviously we're going to talk about your time in Utah because you just spent this summer living in Utah, but more specifically, I wanted to get into, so had you been there before, how did you come to pick it as kind of high on your list and kind of explain the whole how you got there as part of optometry school and all that? Ooh, okay. That's a lot. I know. Sure. <laughs> so the first part of that question, no, I had not been to Utah before this summer. The second part of your question, I'm just going to jump all the way back, not to the complete beginning. But so in optometry school, um, your first three years are just like learning at the school in a classroom in the school's clinic, that sort of thing. And then fourth year, you kind of rotate through different clinics, learning from different doctors like outside of your specific school. And with my school, we're kind of lucky in that we get to dig through reviews from past students and kind of rank our preferences as in which practices we want to go to and which doctors we want to learn from. And within that, you kind of get a pick where you want to go. And so I was like, hmm, when am I going to have the opportunity to live in a bunch of way different places over the course of a year and kind of see all the things I want to see? And have it count as part of my quote-unquote job nice. instead of just me being irresponsible. And so when I was reading through site reviews, I was like, I'm just going to make this across the country sort of year. So I was looking for sites out west and I was looking for sites on the east coast. And reading site reviews, and I've been to California and I knew I wasn't interested in living in California... And then I was like, well, I've been to Colorado. How about Utah? And then the, <laughs> the, um, the site reviews for the Salt Lake City VA were amazing. And I was like, sure, I'll go to Salt Lake City. I haven't been to Utah. It'll be a good adventure. Yeah. Little did I know, which you and I have talked yes. about this before. Little did I know I would fall in love with Salt Lake City in literally less than 48 hours. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So Salt Lake City, I guess, is it's quite a bit bigger than Wichita, right? Probably, but it's not huge, well, huge, or is it about the same size? I mean, it's just so different, I guess. I guess. It, depends on how, it 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 depends on what the actual area is that you're looking at, because this the city limits themselves. It's like two hundred thousand, oh, which okay. is smaller than Wichita. right. Because we looked up the population before I moved out there, and my mom's like, oh there's only 200,000 people in Salt Lake City. And I was like, hmm, I kind of thought it was a bigger city than this. Right. This should be interesting. And then I'm like driving in and I'm on like a five lane highway. <laughs> like there's five lanes of traffic going in the same direction as me. And I called my mom and I was like, you are a liar. I am on a 10 lane highway right now. There's no way this city only has 200,000 people. And she looked it up again. And if you count the surrounding area, which honestly kind of becomes part of the city itself. There's right. no really break between 
the suburbs in the city, it ends up being a little over a million. I think it was like one point one five or something. It is kind of interesting when you look at various cities around the country, how some are just kind of standalone cities and some are these massive metropolitan areas. And there doesn't really seem to be much rhyme or reason to it. So like this is a great example where a a town like Salt Lake City that is technically smaller than Wichita has a giant metropolitan area with lots of other cities. Right. And then Wichita doesn't have that. And I don't know what the evolution of all that is. Well, like (laughs) you've seen Utah now. You know why that one grew and why Wichita didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. Um, I still always remember... Okay, this is worth this is worth repeating. Uh, you probably don't know the comedian Sin Batter. You might. He he was kind of big in like the late. No, late I have no idea who that. Pro- is. Probably the early '90s, and uh, he had like a sitcom and everything. Anyway, so the, the the joke I remember him telling, and I hope this doesn't count as like copyright infringement on him, but I'll give a shout out to Sinbad. Basically, <laughs> he talked about when he you know got out of high school or college or whatever, and he, and he got recruited into the Air Force, and all the advertisements were. You know, join the Air Force, see the world, join the Air Force, travel the world. And he's like, I joined the Air Force. And you know where they sent me? Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> and he's like, you know what's in Wichita, Kansas? Dirt. <laughs> and wheat fields. And wheat fields. And, and again, I, and, and uh, I, he kind of went on from there. I just always thought that was funny. That was, you know, join the Air Force, see the world. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas. I always say, yeah, it's not a bad place to live in Kansas, but uh, I wouldn't want to travel and visit it because there's not much to... To see, I guess. Anyway, so yes, uh, Salt Lake City, I thought was uh, very nice as well. I think I'd been there once in middle school. And it just does kind of have a nice vibe. And it does kind of have a, for a larger place, it has kind of more of a smaller town vibe. And and the yeah. weather seems to be great. Even the summer, yeah, it was warm, but it wasn't like sweltering. And then and I think the biggest thing you took advantage of is just how much amazing stuff is within a very short proximity, or even if it's a three-hour drive, I mean, three-hour drive from Wichita, hey, great, you're in Kansas City or Oklahoma City. That's kind of fun, I guess. But, you know, three hours from Salt Lake City, and you're at Arches National Park, or go down five hours to Zion, and and just, you Mm. know, all the other places you went. Or the the salt flats that we went to, just still kind of... It was like an hour and a half. Right, and just, it still was kind of mind-blowing. I still think back to that place, like, it's just... It wasn't, we think we even talked about at the time, it just wasn't what we expected at all. No. <laughs> and like, it was like another planet. And like, why wasn't there a huge crowd there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, and it was so random. There like wasn't even a real stop for the good part. Because remember, we got out at that rest area and we're like, mm, this is weird. It's like a lake that kind of sucks. <laughs> and then we just drove and we pulled off to the side of the highway and got out. And that was the part that was like, really pretty neat yeah like i said yeah it feels like it should be again like a national park is kind of set aside you go through the entrance and you don't right. and you don't see the good parts until you've basically gone through kind of uh you know some kind of entrance phase and here right. it's just like you're just driving in oh we're just in it like it's yeah i guess it'd almost be like driving that'd be like if you were driving through a desert from one place to the other and you could get out into the desert but deserts just seem yeah, way more that's... common versus this is salt flats that there's only what a few of those like that in the world right there's like that one bolivia and like one or two others maybe i think so yeah, yeah. so what was and you kind of quizzed me on some of my favorite spots oh no oh, i know i know it's, it's, <laughs> i'm making you pick your children aren't i oh gosh uh my favorite spots like my favorite national parks or just my favorite spot in general true we need to kind of categorize it by different types of things so let's say give me give me like the top 
and we don't I, I think when you try to pick one single thing that's where it's hard so we'll just kind of say the first ones that come to mind and if you think of one you think of five we can kind of do all that so <laughs> let's go with let's go with views like just like the most awe-inspiring views that kind of come to mind it doesn't have to be the best one first just kind of sure um so one i remember being really surprised with and I, this is probably in large part um, because I haven't been to the Grand Canyon, mm. but I loved the view at Canyonlands National Park. I was just floored by that one. And then, you know, shortly following behind that, as far as views go, you have Bryce Canyon because it's just mm-hmm. so weird. You're like on right. a different planet. Yes. I'm like, are these rocks? Did something leave this here? Like, I don't, it's <laughs> It's so strange. And even though I'd seen pictures upon pictures upon pictures of Bryce Canyon you just you really can't you just can't until you're there yes and and on the same same way and we've talked about this before that you almost get frustrated trying to take pictures to capture a moment that's actually impossible to to capture and I was just actually just going through some of those pictures uh, yesterday and was captioning one from Bryce Canyon specifically with the idea of I could have just stayed there all day. When I was at the highest point, I think it's even called Inspiration Point at, at Bryce Canyon. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to leave. Spot. I don't want to leave here. I just want to stay here and look at this yeah. for about three days. Yeah. No, I, the friend I went with, I think we stood at that point. And I mean, it's only one view, but it's what, probably 270 degrees of your field or something like that. Oh, easy. Yeah. We stood yeah. there for probably half an hour. Oh yeah. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm pretty sure I've taken like 35 of the same picture, but I can't stop taking them. Yes. (laughs) I'd be curious to figure out what the actual psychological impulse, because there's, and we, you know, it's futile and you're sitting there and you just, you want to capture it so badly and you know, you're not getting it. So you want to try again, like a minute later (laughs) and you like just sit there and enjoy it for a little bit. And you're like, I got to get the camera out. It's, it's, I think it's different now. It's better. I got it. I got to, I got to save it. I just want to save it. And you just, you just can't, which is, but again, that's, so my brother isn't a big traveler, much to his wife's chagrin. And he even kind of like, teases her it's like what do i need to go there i just can just pull the same place up on google earth and he's being facetious but i don't think entirely so and yeah and he's been in some places too but just yeah just just kind of highlight the reason we travel is that there's no substitute for the experience and being there no matter how desperately you want to capture it and, and no matter what kind of tools you have to capture it you just you just have to be there but again that's part of that's part of the fun and the thrill. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's why we, oh yeah, it's that Bryce yeah. Canyon is a good one. And the, the Canyonlands. So that is interesting. I hadn't thought about you not having been to the Grand Canyon and not that Canyonlands is significantly less awe-inspiring, but it, it is different. So Canyonlands is almost, cause you're, you were probably on that, on that South end of the Island in the Sky part where you're kind of overlooking, I guess that's probably why it's called Island in the Sky. You're kind of up on that. I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 And you, so you're kind of up on this, big bluff basically i guess you would call it or plateau and then down below you is like another t i mean it's i mean i don't know even know how to estimate that distance is that like a quarter mile below you i I don't even know how you estimate that distance i'm a horrible judge of distance you don't want to guess so then it's it's all flat but then within that lower flat part there's then the canyons that fall away from that and it is kind of fascinating and something i've never really seen before so grand canyon would basically be the equivalent of being on that lower part without having the upper part where we were standing and then having the canyons drop off from there. So it's just kind of, it is a bigger canyon, but it's just kind of two levels as opposed to three levels, if that makes sense. Okay, that's fair. 
but it's just a much more massive canyon because it's the Grand yeah. Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does have Grand in the title, uh, <laughs> so that's fair. It it deserves it, I suppose. <laughs> um, but no. Also, the day we were at Canyonlands, it was um, it was really clear that day, and we found this sign that was like talking about the canyon or whatever. And I start reading down it, and it's like, yeah, on a clear day, if you can see this mountain range, like that's 152 miles away. Oh and I was like. Holy shit, I have 152 miles of visibility you, you, right you now. You can see it? <laughs> this yeah. Is insane. Yeah, it was the LaSalle Mountain Range in the back. Because 152 miles, like that is, what, Wichita to Lawrence? Yeah, basically. Just shy of probably. Or no, Wichita to Lawrence. Yeah. yeah probably, yeah, yeah, that probably is about right. So it's like I could see that distance. Right. See, yeah, see, you know, Rock Chalk Park from Cessna Stadium. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, that's just mind boggling. That's, cr- that's insane. Oh, wow. I never thought of it like that. Oh, Earth is so cool. Ow. <laughs> and so tell me a little bit more, too, about the part that I missed. So when I went to Zion, the Narrows was unfortunately closed. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't do either of the coolest oh, things in I Zion. I know. And I'm so upset. <laughs> and so, yeah. I don't know. Tell me about the Narrows. Like, so how, how far into the Narrows did you get to go? I know you say you're not really great at estimating distance, but it's like, were you able to continually walk or did you just kind of hang out at the beginning? Yeah. Like, how far into it do you go? And Because it goes forever, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it goes pretty much as far as you want to go. I think the furthest people tend to go is like, oh, what did the sign say? 16 maybe eight out and eight back okay wow okay yeah eight out and eight back um so kelly and i did angels landing first just because we wanted to do that one before it got too busy and we're like plus the narrows will be good when it's later in the day and it's oh true right okay so we ended up we were trying to go two in and come two back but we were like, well, we have other things we need to see, and we still have to drive back to the Airbnb. So I think we went one and a half in and then came the one and a half back out. But yeah, you're, I mean, it's a slot canyon, and you're uh, hiking up a river, and you're going against it as you're going, I say, up the canyon. I have no idea what direction that is, northeast, southwest. Oh, right. Yeah, like, you get kind of turned around in there. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and it like weaves back and forth, and it does U-turns and that sort of thing. And, I mean, you're essentially standing between, let me try to make a guess at a height here. I was just in New York City the other day, so maybe I can compare it to those. Probably. <laughs> oh, gosh. Half an Empire State Building. Oh, I, yeah, I can't even do that. We're going to say <laughs> you're, standing between, <laughs> you're standing between at least, like, you've essentially got, like, an 8 to 10-story building on each side of you. So it's like, you can't even tell which direction the sun is unless it's directly over oh true like, right because the shadows no aren't idea. even a clue because you're it's basically all no. shadow because you're so in such tight quarters yeah. yeah yeah exactly and i mean it's maybe i mean the width of the canyon varied as you went through at its narrowest part that we went through it was maybe 10 to 15 feet across and then at the widest part we went through it was probably 50 to 60 feet across between these like you know 10-story buildings but we were surprised by how hard it was to walk against the water because, of course, you know, the riverbed is all just round stones. So you're oh, like okay. slipping over those and you're like falling into the walls. And then you get to the parts where the water's like mid thigh deep and I'm walking on my tippy toes because I'm like, I don't want my bag to get wet because oh, wow. my boat's in there and that sort of thing. But it was really just a crazy experience. It's one of those things you can't. It's hard to describe because it's basically I'm telling people, oh, I walked up a river, but 
which I did. That is what I did. I walked up. Right. That is factually correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I don't know. It's like what we were talking about with the pictures where it's like, even if I just continued struggling to describe this (laughs) for the next 10 minutes, you still would be like, okay, so you walked up a river and I'd be like, well, no. (laughs) So, okay. So you answered my question on the water height. So it was basically at highest mid thigh, probably mostly around mid calf or whatever, or just kind of varied. Um, yeah, most of the time it was, yeah, mid-calf, and the highest part we went through was high thigh, as in if I wouldn't have been on my tiptoes and pulling my shorts Gotcha, up, they're like, getting wet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what did you wear on your feet? Oh, I just destroyed my hiking shoes, actually. So I just, they were trail running shoes, essentially, is what they were, and I was like, well, I don't want to ruin my workout shoes and I have no traction on my shit tennis shoes, so I'm gonna wear my trail running shoes. Okay, so you just wore you just wore old tennis shoes, basically. That's what I didn't know if people were wearing like if you if barefoot sounds dangerous, but I don't know if people have like water oh, shoes yeah, no. or okay. No, we saw oh my god, we saw a lady doing it in like dress flats, which was stupid. oh my gosh. But so Zion National Park actually rents out like uh, waterproof boots that you can rent for a day to do the narrow. But even then, if they're not tall enough, you're still just going to get water inside them, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. It was more just to make money on it. <laughs> well, because what I thought about using, I think what I had planned on taking down there was basically, I don't even know what they're called, but they're basically like a waterproof sandal where it's it's securely oh around your God. foot. Did, but you not, no sock- did you not like read the internet at all? I literally I guess, typed in, like, can I wear strap-on sandals in the Narrows? And everyone was like, no, no, don't do that. You're going to break your toe off. And you're going to rip off all your toenails. No, no, no. Well, no, it has covered uh, toes on it, but it's all just rubber. Does it have okay. a real sole and, like, grippies on the bottom? Kind of, yeah. Mm, I mean, you might have been fine. Yeah, okay. But it's better. So, anyway, if people are going, it's better to probably send them in uh, old tennis shoes just probably, and just kind of plan yeah. on it being the best. And just, you're going to. Yeah, you're probably going to ruin yeah. them. Because um, okay. I, I bought trail running shoes to hike in all summer in Utah, and I just used those. And they're, I mean, I'm still wearing them, but they definitely don't fit right anymore. And the soles are, like, all ripped out and stuff. Don't tell my mom I'm still wearing them. Anyone <laughs> listening to this that knows my mom, don't tell her I'm still wearing okay. them. Okay, don't send your mom the link to listen to this, apparently. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> She'll be like, hey, you can afford new shoes. <laughs> So uh, sticking with Zion then real quick, since I also didn't get to do Angel's Landing. So based on what I had read on the internet, because I did read some stuff, okay. I was actually, and I and again, it kind of just didn't work out with, I had too much gear because I had all my waterproof gear for, like I had a waterproof bag heading to the Narrows and just, again, it was closed. And then I didn't want to take that stuff on Angel's, Angel's Landing. But I, I had also read, like they said, Angel's Landing is not for the faint of heart and you have to like use a lot of hand grappling and it's very advanced and it almost like made me nervous. But then I kind of saw like little kids and old people going up there too. So what, what's your take on that? What, what were they what were they scaring me off with? Like what, what was the scary part of, of Angel's Landing in your opinion? Well, I'm just going to preface this with they do have a sign at the very beginning that were like, have your wits about you. And they had scratched out an eight and put a sticker over it that said nine people have died on this trail since the year. Uh, I want to say it was like 2010 or something because it was like essentially one person per year dies. It, on it, OK, and I had seen that sign. I, the sign was still at nine when I was there okay. a, a month earlier. Too, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which 
You know, if you were not paying attention and you were more focused on like videoing a hike or seeing what your friends were doing, or you're like, I'm not going to hold on to these chains they have drilled into the mountain, you could 100% fall off the side and die. Like, no doubt in my mind. But as long as you're like, I don't know, paying attention to where you're going and using the chains and the handholds that they have drilled into the mountain, you're definitely going to have a ton of adrenaline. And you're probably going to be a little shaky, especially if you have a fear of heights. Because I'm not, I'm not scared of heights. Like they don't bug me. But there were a couple parts where I'm like, mm, this makes me kind of nervous. See, and that is what scared me off because I am a little more. I mean, I'm not horrible, horrible, but I'm kind of scared of heights. Like it, it, I kind of get little. I would get definitely like the. I'd be white knuckled on that stuff. I'm guessing for sure. But oh yeah, and which you would be. We saw. On our way up, there was a girl that started like having a panic attack and they were trying to help her down. So, I mean, like people definitely freak out and turn around and go back because you're walking. There's probably a 100 yard stretch where you're essentially jumping stone to stone and you it's like a ridge on either side. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I know. I got short of breath. You're just saying that. (laughs) I don't don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I even thought so It uh, just because it was a similar hike that made me a little... I did it, but it definitely made me a little nervous. Did you, do you remember at Arches, did you do the double O trail on the north end by Devil's Playground or whatever it's called on the north end? If you remember the, all the hikes and Arches. I remember the area. I don't think I did that hike. Okay. Okay. It's just got one part where it's probably, I mean, it's two people can walk side by side, opposite directions. It's that wide, but then it is kind of a big drop off on either side. And, and it's, you kind of have to like almost kind of scramble up to it and then off of it. And it's, you know, it's, it's probably just 30 yards long is all, but I'm getting a little anxious on, on that. And it was still fairly wide and not even a huge, huge drop off, but just kind of just almost as a principle of thing. And there's the earlier part of that. I even remember thinking I wouldn't have known this was a trail if I didn't see someone else doing it because it looks like it's a wall. And then you kind of climb up and past it. Oh, oh, okay. It keeps going. At the double O one? Yeah. Well, the very beginning of the double O one. Yeah. And then, then, then the other part I was talking about is actually near the end of it. But okay. So yeah, maybe I maybe I was okay not doing Angel's Landing or again. No, I, I mean, definitely didn't want to do it with gear. I, I I mean I had so much gear that there's no way I would have wanted. To, I would I'd want my hands completely free because I would have had like one hand occupied the whole time if I had gone after trying to do the narrows. Yeah. And I I want both hands free. I think. I mean I could have my phone or camera and pockets are strapped around me, but I would definitely want minimal gear if I was going to do it. Yeah. Ooh, I think I just found a really good. Yeah. Ooh, I just found a photo of probably the scariest part i'm gonna facebook message it to you okay that's probably one of the worst parts right there so you see us holding on to the chain or whatever and then once you get to the bottom of that you see all the like trees and you're just all along that ridge and i mean especially there on the left side you can see just that huge gorge it's exactly like that on the other side as well so is this two is there two-way traffic on this then too yes that always makes me like then socially anxious too of it's almost like when you're on a snowy road and there's people behind you want to drive faster than you're driving and you get like anxious because you feel like you're I, I, I do I carry way I care way too much about what other people think but uh, I'm kind of constantly like I don't want other I don't want to be in other people's way I just want to don't want to bother other people. Well, I mean, you can do it. You'd probably just have to start at like 5 a.m. Because on our way up, there wasn't much traffic. But on our way down, this is probably at 10, 1030. It got really crowded. Like it took us longer to go down because a lot of places on the trail like this one are just like one way. Like you cannot get 
it's not happening that you can move both directions at the same time. So like one whole line of people would stop and wait and then like all the people headed up would go and then the line of people headed down would go. And yeah, it took us a while to get it down because of that. I would probably actually be okay with this because despite not being super great with heights, I do definitely trust my upper body strength enough to like if I fell, my grip can hold my whole body weight. Oh, yeah. And there's enough people on that trail. Someone could totally just like pull you back up. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. if I could use my hands, actually, like this, this yes, yeah, so like that, that does not actually bother me. It's if it's, it's stuff like that with no handrails, where it is more kind of like when you said like kind of leaping, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, no way. That sounds like Indiana Jones stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite Indiana Jones level. <laughs> and as far as I could tell, there was like no pit of snakes anywhere. That's Indiana Jones, right? There's a pit of snakes somewhere. Good job. We'll get to the movies here at the end, but good yes. job. Ah, yes. So yeah, just kind of so just kind of Utah in general. I remember thinking when I first got into the the state this summer, it just seemed so utterly barren. I was like, how did people survive here? And when I got oh, to the first geez. small town, yeah, it was just you, you kind of saw like, oh, irrigation, irrigation, irrigation. Like there's just like how do you have a farm? You just have to bring in the water. Did you have some more thoughts or? Yeah. So. Did you, you brought I-70 in, right? When you drove in? So no, because I went, I actually took the scenic route south in Arches. So I didn't go, I didn't go I-70 and then drop oh, down between, I, I did the scenic from, route. Oh. From, yeah, from Grand Junction, Colorado. I went like southwest. I entered Arches from the south instead of the north. Interesting. Okay. I didn't Which is even, which is even more barren. Yes. If I oh, stayed yeah. on I-70, it probably would have been, okay. but yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that was also my first thought. Like I was talking to one of my friends on the phone when I crossed the state line. And my call dropped almost immediately. Oh, right. Like I completely lost all cell phone service. And then I passed this sign that was like no services for the next 60 miles. And then under it, it had a picture of a phone, a picture of a bathroom and a picture of a gas tank. And I was like, well, good thing I filled up right before Grand Junction. Right. Because my plan was to stop and go to the bathroom shortly after the state line. And I was like, thank goodness I didn't have the thought, oh, I'll just wait and get gas when I cross into Utah because I would have been like <laughs> pushing my car along the highway for 60 miles. Yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then, yeah, it's just like straight desert. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful desert because you have just weird rock formations on either side. But yeah, totally barren. I was like, how do people live here? Like, this is... How do people cross this on covered wagons? Like you would die. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I said that where, where was the uh, Donner party crossing? Was that, yeah, it was in Utah. Was it? I don't even know. I don't even know. And it's also very different if you look at like the north of the state versus the south of the state. So it's like the yeah. south is like gorgeous desert. Then the northern part is where you have, it's almost more like maybe like a northern Colorado where it's all the yeah. skiing and the Rockies and the green. Yeah. And it's almost just like a completely different place. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually fun kind of driving through the middle of the state where you have that weird mix between like snow-covered mountaintops, but you still have the desert land formation. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a weird place. I love Utah. It's the best. That probably sums it up and we can uh, shift gears here. Actually, I'm looking at where the Donner Party was real quick. <laughs> where they uh, where they got broken down. What do you mean broken down? Like where they started eating each other? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay well you, you you don't start eating each other because you're not broken down well i didn't know if they like literally had an equipment breakdown and i was like oh, you meant like mentally breaking down <laughs> <laughs> oh well i'm sure that occurred too so where <laughs> where did they eat each other 
Um, okay, Snowbound Sierra Nevada. <laughs> so where where are the Sierra Nevadas? That's actually in Nevada then, right? Yeah. Okay, so they made it past Utah. Oh, damn. They didn't even make it to Utah. No. Oh, yeah. They were coming this way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're heading, everybody's heading west at that time. Yeah. Give you. Oh, they were so close to California. Because aren't the Sierra Nevadas the one that separate California and Nevada? That sounds right. It's pretty big. Yeah, you're right. It's basically, yeah, so it looks like it's roughly eastern California. Once you're past Nevada, seems to be the Sierra Nevada range there. So they basically were in California, but not in like the livable part yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Okay, so I just kind of know, generally speaking, that you definitely stay active and like to work out and everything. Give me some more specifics about your either daily and or weekly routine. And I know you've been moving a lot and that kind of changes what you're able to do. But what do you try to do on a daily basis workout wise when you go to the gym or if you run or whatever? So I usually don't make it daily anymore, especially because with my rotations, there's been a lot of like 11, 12 hour days. And now that I'm freaking on the East Coast, I have like an hour commute each way, even though I'm only going like 10 miles. Ugh. But kind of cuts into your gym time a little bit. But yeah, like you said, definitely keep active. I have actually switched away from running just because I feel like I shouldn't have 50-year-old knees as a 26-year-old. So, <laughs> <laughs> are, are, your knees, are your knees pretty bad or you just don't want them to get bad? I have a hard time going more than like two or two and a half without them starting to hurt. Okay, okay. So it's like. Even if it was like I crossed two miles and I'm like, hmm, my knees okay. kind of hurt. So I've, I've switched away from the long distance running and I usually do. So when I do go to the gym, I try to do like three or four times a week. I usually am able to make it and I'll do a mile warm up at like seven and a half pace oh, is nice. what I normally do. Like enough to definitely get my heart rate up and get to breathing pretty hard, but not enough that I just like, you know, ran a 1600 in track. And then I do, I found these HIIT workouts online that I really, really enjoy. And so one day a week, the girl that made them, her name is Kayla. So one day a week, Kayla has us do legs. And so I have like a legs and cardio day. And then I have like an arms and cardio day. And then I have an abs and cardio day. Every now and then there's like a full body one tossed in there. But I essentially do four circuits of seven minutes each okay every day after my mile warm-up and then each with a different focus on the days you go in yeah 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 so like four circuits geared towards legs so for example the one i flipped it open to is a leg day and so i do like 30 step-ups and then 50 like jumps on jump rope and then 30 stationary lunges and then 15 she calls them broad jumps, but they're essentially like um, frog jumps or like a standing a standing long jump, essentially right. is what it is, is the first circuit. So it's like you go through those four as many times as you can in the seven minutes, and then I get like a minute break. And then the second circuit is ankles touching squats with a barbell, and then jump squats, and then walking lunges, and then 100 jump ropes. And you do those four for seven minutes, and then you do the first circuit again and the second circuit again. Nice. I, yeah, I, I like that. And and yeah. I've, I've probably talked on this podcast before about it, but I there is something about having a actual plan when you go to the gym written down. Like, it's weird. Yeah. 
yeah, like, oh, you heard me say it right before I left for, like, 30 seconds. Like, I'm going to go grab my book. Right. Like, this thing, this workout plan that I found on the internet, I, like, wrote it all down. And so each day I flip to a new page and I have my Monday legs day and I have my Wednesday arms day. And I have, like, you know, just my little book that I carry to the gym like a nerd. But, I don't know, works for me. I like having a plan. Oh, you take the actual book to the gym? <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Because I use my phone as a timer. It's not like a huge book. It's a little, like, it's like a, it's the size of a It's, it's adorable. <laughs> it is adorable, especially because I think I got this book when I was probably 10. What? And so the front cover is bright yellow, and it says attitude in bubble letters. <laughs> <laughs> nobody messes with Corey at the gym. No, nobody. I intimidate the hell out of everyone <laughs> at my Planet Fitness. <laughs> Uh, generally speaking, and again, I, I kind of, it ebbs and flows with what season I'm, I'm coaching or not coaching at the time. And I, I kind of just, I have a hard time maintaining anything regular, but what I was going to comment on and maybe suggest is so more and more from like the literature and research that I've been listening to, there's a lot of people advocating for the importance of frequency. And so they would say that again, that hit workout four times a week, that actually sounds awesome. But as far as like, say, actually improving the strength in each of those areas, they would say that you're not hitting it often enough. So if you're taking if you're doing that legs day on Tuesday, and you're not doing that leg workout again until next Tuesday, you're basically not getting any stronger. That you're still getting the cardio and the uh, general benefits from the yeah. exercise itself. But if you're actually trying to get your legs stronger, you're basically not sending that signal often enough for an adaptation to occur, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. But what if, and again, I haven't seen the exact workout, but what if you kind of just do the first part legs, but then you're still, you're still doing the same amount of the exact same exercises over the course of the week. But instead of doing all the legs and all the whatever and all the whatever, you're doing a quarter of the legs each day you go in and then a quarter of the arms each day you go in and then a quarter of the abs each day you go in. So it's the exact same amount of work, but you're hitting it more often. Yeah, which which I guess I get. But then it's like, you know, you look at some of these exercises and let me just look at one, for example. So like sometimes on leg day, you're doing med ball squat and press or you're doing like Okay. So, 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 okay. So, so there's like, a little, okay. It's not like I'm only doing okay. legs and it's like, you know, squats, you have core stability. True. You got to okay. you know, keep your back. No, that, that, I, I like that then. Cause that's more of a, it is, it is technically total body with a different like emphasis. It's definitely focused on legs or focused on arms, but it's not like, oh, I'm only doing my arms and I'm like sitting on a bench and my legs are doing nothing. And not and not like your legs are taking, your legs aren't taking a week off. They're getting used on arm day too. Yeah, because like arm days I have to do burpees and I'm like, do a burpee without using your legs. <sighs> that you would not be doing you it know? correctly. Okay, no, I, no, I, 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 yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I do, I do like that. And uh, yeah. I do like, I do like the hit. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to argue and like, you know, say that like you were wrong i was just saying like you were clarifying that it already includes that basically yeah yeah no yeah that's fine and (laughs) what i do like about the idea of hit is that it can be so many different things so like i was even adapting and again i i ebb and flow but i uh, i forget it was probably about a year ago i was doing basically just hit on the track because if i run a 300 and walk a 100 that's about the hit ratio and then just kind of keep yeah, doing keep doing that or any good you can change the intensity and and I've kind of I don't go out and study jog a lot anymore either I I just feel I feel I literally feel better sprinting meaning 
during the workout itself and after. I'm to the point where I just after a sprint workout, I just feel better. And I kind of like that more. I feel yeah. I feel stronger. You're still getting you're still getting the lungs going. If I'm going, you know, if I'm running 300 meter, not all sprints, but if I'm running 300 meters, like you're getting winded there too. Because it, it is yeah. it is that kind oh, of that hit sure. thing, you know. If I'm running for 60 seconds, so it's yeah. Yeah. No, I think honestly that's my favorite part about hit and why I switched to it in the first place. Because it's like, you know, I'm finding that I'm starting to have less and less and less time to get dedicate to working out. But yeah. hit is something where it's like. You know, I do one of these 30 minute circuit sets with a warm up and I like I have worked out like I am sweaty. My heart rate is up. I'm breathing hard and usually I'm sore the next day. And it's like I really like that I can work out hard for 45 minutes, but then I'm done versus if I was trying to do that amount of work on a steady jog, like I would probably have to be jogging for two and a half or three hours. And I just don't have that. Yeah, it's interesting. And they talk about just uh, the importance of intensity is important for general health and just going out and jogging at a conversational pace, which is important for building up your cardio for distance racing and is and is beneficial for your health. I'm not denying that. But if you're never actually getting like really like exhausted and out of breath, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. And it's worth going to that. You know, you can do a road road race if you're a runner, but if you're not racing and you're just jogging, you you need to get out of breath. And you know, of course, you also just shouldn't do right. it every day as a yeah. runner. Um, and there's also a lot of talk of <laughs> long term marathon training, like you know, well into advanced age is uh, not that healthy like yes run running and active is but if you're full-on training for marathons your whole life they talk about like that's actually too much for the for the human body it's better to spend you know scale that down do add some strength work in again you gotta stay active but you can go too far with distance running as far as yeah serious marathon training is almost too intense and again it's just kind of some of the stuff i've been hearing over the last couple years as far as that goes that if you had to pick one it actually might be better to pick weightlifting over running into as as, well honestly just kind of general fitness period but especially in advanced age they talk about uh you know geriatric people need to be lifting weights a lot more than need to be walking because you got to basically injury proof your body heading into (laughs) those falls in your 80s yeah (laughs) okay so we can enter the final phase here so obviously a running joke between us is I will ask, oh, hey, have you seen blank? And you inevitably say, no, I, no, I have not. Most of the time I don't even have right. to you answer just, now. Just, I just kind of look at you and you're like, oh, of course yes. you have me. So I just kind of stop asking you. You are the smartest person who has never heard of anything that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, i haven't so i won't before. even bother asking what you've seen <laughs> recently or anything like that but i do know it, it, it actually so it's kind of interesting it actually is fascinating let's, let's we can even talk about books here instead because it's, it's kind of fascinating so my understanding with you is that you just kind of get antsy if you're forced to sit still and just pay attention to a movie for two hours but with the yeah. asterisk of it's not like you're ADHD because you would easily spend that same two hours reading a book and have no problem. So is that a fair assessment yeah, of, yeah. of you? Yes, that is extremely fair. I have a hard time with movies that go over about an hour and a half. Okay. Unless I'm just like super into it or if I'm really tired and literally don't feel like doing anything else, then I can and it's probably fine. But yeah, I, I just... Is it just I can't do it versus yeah, like you pointed out with a book, 
if I have nothing to do or if I'm on a plane flight, I can 100% just read a book for like six straight hours and not even be faced. Like I won't even have to go find a snack or go to the bathroom. Like, it's ridiculous. Which is, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I, I don't feel like I've ever heard anybody who kind of fits that. Like, there's people who just can't sit still, and then there's people who, yeah, whatever, but people who can focus, but then they can also sit and watch a movie. Is it, <laughs> is it maybe kind of a anxiety about feeling productive and, and reading you feel productive and watching a movie you don't feel productive? Do you think that's it? Uh, or am I psychoanalyzing you no. too much? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Not maybe that you're psychoanalyzing <laughs> me. I guess that... That that could be the case. I'm not really but, sure. But not on any kind of conscious level. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just know that I have a really hard time with movies. And I'll get like super uncomfortable however I'm sitting very quickly versus a book. I can just like sit for hours without moving. And I get up and I can't feel my foot. And I'm like, oh, wow. Wonder how long I've been sitting on my foot like that, you know? <laughs> I don't know why I get so much more engagement yeah, out of a book than I yeah. do a movie. Granted, some movies I can be that way. It's just not huh. very often. Yeah, I, and I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because I'm basically the opposite. I, I love to read and I'm, I've always been a person who insists that this, it's all about stories for me. And I just insist that books tell better stories just because it's, it's more conducive. A, a movie has to rush. So, I mean, the equivalent of most books would be, have to be a whole series that, like you said, I don't want to sit and watch. It, it, it's just kind of – books are just better, it, better better for, for storytelling. Yeah. But I am kind of the opposite. My my want, mind wanders too much, and I'll go through a whole page and not realize I haven't actually been reading. Or we've kind of talked about I think I probably have a very mild reading disorder, and I, I have trouble actually tracking <laughs> the words on the page. And I, I, I just really, really easily lose focus when I'm reading even though, or or I'll fall asleep. Yeah. Six hours? Are you kidding me? I am out. And and movies, I've I, I definitely can uh, lose focus or get bored during a movie, but uh, I definitely don't have your. <laughs> I have to call it a problem, but your uh, your issue with that. <laughs> so that said, we can talk about both here. But I know you've watched movies. <laughs> uh, so what are yes. some of your favorite movies that maybe come to mind, and not ones that are just maybe movie versions of books you liked? <laughs> Or did I, did I just eliminate Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Let me think. Um, and kind of like with the view, it doesn't have to be your single favorite. It's just the, what, what comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking back, like if you would have asked high school me, I would have been like, oh my God, Mean Girls and High School Musical. And she's the man. Because <laughs> I watched those probably a kajillion times. <laughs> mean Girls is actually a legit good movie. Like it really is. Oh my gosh. It has so many quotable parts. It's amazing. I still quote it sometimes. Like, uh, I always say it's the one time, but I'm pretty sure like you, you probably don't know what Rotten Tomatoes is, but even on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it actually has like a legitimately good critic score. Oh, good for them. See if I can find it. Let's see. Well, while you're searching, I'll see if I can think of any others. I always liked Pirates of the Caribbean. No, right. The first one is really, really good. And then the, the second one sucked and I haven't seen any others. Yeah. I think I watched a couple of the others, but really the first one's the only one worth watching. I've always kind of been a sucker for superhero okay. hero movies, which I know you're probably like cringing at your computer screen. I, I, right I watch all that Marvel stuff. I'm, you know, I love like the Dark Knight and and stuff. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with most of those. The Incredibles is amazing. I mean that that counts. Yeah, so I like superhero movies. Those usually I can say pretty entertained. But um, oh, the newer Star Trek. I think there's probably more than one. I now, think there's three. The first one, oh, one. Well, I've seen the first one. Yes, and it's good. I like how they did that. 
So there's some rumors that Quentin Tarantino could actually do the next Star Trek movie or do an upcoming Star Trek movie, which I say is like, uh, do you know who Quentin Tarantino is? Um, is he the Pulp Fiction guy? Yes! Yes! Oh, okay. You did it! <laughs> you got one right! Yes, so uh, in a, I, I doubt you've seen a Tarantino movie unless I force you to watch one at some point. But yes, very incongruous with what you would picture from Star Trek movies. The Quentin Tarantino, every movie is very R for violence and language. And then that guy wants to maybe direct a Star Trek movie. And there's actually a real possibility it could happen, but I don't know if it'll actually happen or not. But that would be interesting. And Mean Girls is an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's uh, that's very good. Very good. Yeah, they usually give everyone like twos. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's yeah, I definitely use it over IMDb now. IMDb is kind of kind of broken. So <laughs> let's go ahead and go with books. That, let's go with your world. It's a little more a little more comfortable there. Um, give me yes. give me some favorite books then. Of course. I mean, like a true millennial, I have to say Harry Potter. Okay, that's fair. That whole series. I actually, I think, though, my like all-time favorite has probably changed to Ender's Game. Oh, okay. I don't know if we've talked about that. Is that because you used, moved to Utah? <laughs> no, I no, because I first read Ender's Game, uh, I think, the summer I moved to Memphis, actually. Okay. Or right before. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it. Um, so three, four years ago, I absolutely love Ender's Game. And honestly, that whole series, I think he went off on... So he follows Ender through one series, and then he follows Ender's friend beans in a different series and i read both the normal trajectory i guess you would say and then i read the spinoff one i just loved it the whole way okay through. and it's on my list actually of things to reread i just haven't had a lot of time so i've only read the first one and i didn't know that the rest of them all held up as well they actually do they're all worth reading i really liked them yeah no so i love ender's game i'm very into those sorts of books where you're in like a different sort of world with characters that aren't i don't know well, well so, sci-fi human. fantasy type stuff they just yeah. kind of they kind of make yeah. you think because i think there can kind of be kind of low level yes. or low low brow sci-fi fantasy that's not not so much so what again harry potter fits that too i mean obviously it's nothing like inner's game but they're both in the in the umbrella of sci-fi fantasy so yeah yeah i'm trying to think i could probably think of uh one you should read and I need to re- I need to reread this one too, and I'm sure I have suggested it to you once or twice over the years. But okay. the Merlin trilogy by Mary Stewart. Yeah, I think you actually. Oh, I think I even like loaned it to you, and I don't think you ever got around to reading it, right? Or did you read it? Correct. It is still in my room in Wichita. What are you doing? <laughs> I work. If you heard me say earlier, I work like eleven and twelve you hours. You read Ender's Game. I come home not recently. <laughs> I haven't read any books for fun recently. I, I actually forgot I had actually given you a set of those. <laughs> okay, yeah, read those books. Yeah, I know they're at home. I will get to them at some point. I actually have a little stack of books waiting for me to read. One of them, it's the one you gave me, the Turn Right at Machu Picchu. I'm oh hoping yeah. Once I get back. To this in the spring i will have a little more free time um another one i don't know that i've suggested to you yet is uh the mistborn trilogy it's kind of again it's set in a completely different world but it's also not a standard fantasy it's it's more of a not modern type of world seems like fantasy stuff is kind of all medieval setting it seems like or it's like space this is more like a fantasy world that's almost like maybe 
oh early 1800s ish but also not like the steampunk thing that's kind of its own little subgenre now anyway so it is just a really neat magic system within it so the idea in mistborn is that people are born some people are born with the ability to basically consume or burn metals in their system in exchange and, and turn that into some ability so like if you are a tin burner you can levitate or something like that or if you're a gold burner you can do this other thing i actually forget it's been a while but basically each metal has has That's a different cool. skill associated with it so they carry around little vials to maybe get a little hit of that metal that they can then consume to do a power but if they're out then they're out and they can't use that power and then a mistborn is again i think i'm remembering that right is a person who can consume all metals and has the ability to use all powers oh that's freaking cool and it's and it's and it ends up being then the story is basically like almost like a heist caper kind of thing where they're trying to like infiltrate the government to like steal some plans or do something or i forget the exact part i just remember it was a really engaging story and it kind of had you know twists and turns and just the and the, the magic system itself was just really freaking cool in a way that will probably never actually work. You, I don't think you could translate it as a movie because you'd have to know what's like going on biologically within them as they're burning stuff. And, and I don't think it would translate to screen. But it's a really, really cool book series that doesn't go how you think it's going to go. And the main characters, but kind of like this orphan girl who gets roped into this criminal organization and they kind of realize that she actually might be a misborn, not just someone who can help them out anyway. And it's really, really cool. And I, I do say, uh, recommend uh, you check out Mistborn. Sweet. I'll see what I can find. Do you know who wrote him? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Brandon Sanderson. Oh, I've heard of him. Of course, Brandon Sanderson and Orson Scott Card are both Mormon, and I don't know if they still live in Utah right now, but... Oh my God, so they're connected to Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah that's what I was kind of joking about, the Utah thing. Yeah, it all comes, it's all about Utah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Let me go ahead and ask our final question that I did give you time to prep for. So, or kind of two questions here. So if you could transport any time and place, where would you go and why? Ugh. And, you know, you even gave me time to prep for this one. And I thought about it at several different points and I was like, ugh, this is too hard. I'll worry about it later. So- <laughs> No, and I really couldn't come up with a good answer because I was like, well, I want to go to all of the times well, we, and see we all can, of the we places. We can talk about more than one. Yeah. So this is my answer okay. that I would actually jump forward to the point in time where time and space transporters existed. The like oh, beam me up. This is like wishing for more wishes. You're teleporting to the time when you can teleport to more times. You didn't tell me that that was no, against I, the rules. No, I, not, it is not at all. You are a genius. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was like, oh, yes, now I can still choose all of the times and all of the things. And why would I do that? Because why would you not? I mean, because then you're like, well, I have this machine at my disposal and I could just be like, mm, today I'm going to go eat lunch with Cleopatra in Egypt in I don't even know what time period. Cleopatra uh, she was so so uh, Caesar was assassinated in I think 44 BC and she outlived him obviously because they had a kid together and stuff. So basically you're looking in like the last few decades of the BCs. Okay, perfect. And then I'd be like, and now I'm gonna transfer to Peru in 2010 so I can do the Machu Picchu hike and I don't have to worry about getting murdered by the Incas. But also I can see all the cool stuff. Wait, are they now murdering people? 
Well, they probably did when they were well, alive. Like if you went well, back well, why 2010 and not like now just to travel a little bit. I was just curious about the 2010 part of it. That was confusing oh, me. Well, because I'm not sure when the transporters are going to be, you know, <laughs> available. Like, okay. Yeah. So just in case they get developed in the next, what is it? September three months. <laughs> you know, you couldn't say 2019. <laughs> I just went with 2010. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so if we're, so we're going to get that, you get the one transport initially. So let me go ahead and write down the year. Uh, so I know when, uh, when those transporters are invented, what's that year? I'll write it down. Wait, I'm, I'm kind of teasing you. What what year? Oh, <laughs> I want to I want to know when that uh, is. So let me write down that year. Yes. Um, let's see. How old are you? Let me do that. Let's just call it twenty one hundred. <laughs> oh, that's pretty recent. You think in twenty by twenty one hundred, we might have the ability to transport to any time and place? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you don't know. We didn't have like computer cell phones. Well, no. I guess okay. That's true. Actually, you know what? I guess you got me because. I'm literally telling you that you can do it once. You're just saying, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it, jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it every day. That will be my new job. Okay, so we're going to the future to get the machine. We're going to have lunch with Cleopatra, even though you probably couldn't talk because I don't think she spoke English because English didn't exist yet. And over to Peru to hike to Machu Picchu, which you're probably going to do anyway. What, What else? What else? Where else are we going? Let's see. We would go to Greece. In the first Olympics. Ooh, I like it. And I would also go to the Amazon. Honestly, time there doesn't matter as long as it was before all these fires started. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, where else would I go? I would go to Africa and on a safari. So, I mean, even then that could be... True. And and a lot of of your trips aren't really time dependent because you are just wanting to see the places... And I and I yeah I can definitely re- respect that. And, and the future would be interesting, man. Almost even like recon, like not that people would believe you if you came back and were trying to warn, like, oh hey, I went to Miami in 2080, and guess what? There is no Miami in 2080. <laughs> and <laughs> True. but, but wouldn't like- believe you when you came back. And uh, I don't know if you listened to my episode with Hunter, but he kind of talked about the idea of going back before humans had messed up a lot of these places. So when you kind of did him tell it with the Amazon, so yeah, the Amazon, you know a year ago before these fires but you know what would the amazon be like a thousand years ago or fifty thousand years ago before humans had even come over Fifty thousand years ago it was probably under an ocean um that might be long you might have to go to like you know a quarter million years ago to get to that i would think because remember fifty thousand years ago was within i'm I'm trying to think the whole lambridge thing is they changed the estimates but i think it's between 10 to fifty thousand years ago when the whole uh, asians crossed over into the americas on the lambridge so everything was already kind of in place then i think fifty thousand years ago would probably be this beautiful untouched Amazon with just a lot of insects that probably kill you. But <laughs> see, that's why you gotta be careful going back too far. And also, you know how earlier I was like, oh, I can't judge distance or height at all. Same thing with time. <laughs> <laughs> Very difficult. <laughs> I or I have I have an issue with. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair. Judging. Fair. Okay. And then the follow up is who would you take with you? What and specifically a historical figure or celebrity that you could take with you on right. these adventures? Right. So I'm gonna be honest. I'm kind of naive and don't know a lot of celebrities. You could you could kidnap so, Cleopatra when you go and find her, and then yeah, but then you just brought out that you know she doesn't even know freaking English. That's true. That's true. You're supposed to look at <laughs> each other. True. And, you know, all these fun traveling. Like no she fun. might pick it up. I heard she was pretty also, bright actually. What if I needed her to take my picture somewhere? Like she can't work herself. <laughs> so. 
if my mom was named in the Wichita Business Journal as like an up and coming person in the finance world, does that count as like a Z list celebrity? <laughs> like, can I just go with my mom? I kind of feel like that's cheating and boring. <laughs> okay. Okay. She can totally come, but the, we still need a, a celebrity or historical God, figure. That's super sad. <laughs> um, who's the food guy? Is that Anthony Bourdain? Okay, yes, that is. Okay, then I'll go with. Okay, and since the historical, since he, he did kill himself last year, but we also said any time you, you can tell, he he now counts as a historical figure. I guess is what I'm saying. So you'll have to, you'll yes. have to go back and pick him up, and he would be a great guy to go with. That I'd actually be pretty awesome because he would be super enthusiastic and have all kinds of insight. And would probably just be fascinated, like, oh my gosh, what are they eating in ancient Egypt with Cleopatra? Like, that would probably just, he would get yeah. so excited about that. Yeah, which yeah. would be super cool. And it's like, then there would be me wanting to do, like, all of these touristy things and see all the sites. And he's like, no, let's go see the cultural part. And yeah, yeah. Might How were they preparing the meals for the pharaohs yeah. in ancient Egypt, which is kind of an aspect of it you don't really think about. That's a good answer. It's a good answer. So just kind of wrapping up here then. So not to go off on a too long a tangent, but what are uh, first impressions up in the Connecticut area? Cause you, are you in Hartford now? Um, I'm in Bridgeport. Oh, Bridgeport. Which, okay. It's about an hour and a half by train from New York City. So it's it's really not far from the New York-Connecticut border. Okay. Is where I'm living. First impressions, a lot of people. Okay. Way denser. Of a, yeah, I yeah. can't navigate anywhere, even with a GPS. I've literally not driven to work without making at least one wrong turn. Oh, really? I also can't drive home from work without making a wrong turn because I'm so used to a grid system oh, and grid systems don't exist. Right. It's like I was describing to my mom. I was like, it's as if someone took a box of spaghetti and then just turned it upside down and dumped all the spaghetti. And then they just kind of, you know, like shook their hand across the pile to kind of spread it out just a little bit. So it wasn't just a heap. And it was actually just a huge mess on your kitchen floor. <laughs> I'm like, that is the road. <laughs> that is them. I mean, some of them obviously curve and turn and stuff. Actually, a lot of them. So maybe if you cooked half of the box. I was going to say, as, yeah, wet spaghetti sounds more appropriate. <laughs> but some of them. Oh, gotcha. So we're going to take some wet noodles on top of some dry noodles, and that is the yes. transportation system in the Northeast. <laughs> yes. And it's, yeah. But I mean, other than that, the area I'm living is, it's really very pretty. And there's a lot of historical stuff up here. And I found a really good area to go hiking. And the leaves should start changing oh, yes. in about two or three okay. weeks. So that should be really cool when that starts. For now, I'm just getting used to everything. We'll have to have another talk when you uh, finish up your Connecticut time here and see uh, what your altered impressions are as you're able to explore more of New England before heading back to Memphis. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for talking to me here today. Oh, <laughs> thanks for inviting me to be on your podcast. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, thanks everybody for listening and we will try to do this again next month.